You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, we review match number 26 of the ICC T20 World Cup for 2022 between Australia and England from the MCG. It's the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast and let's get started. Now, in this episode of the podcast, there's nothing much to really talk about, really. Um, Obviously, not really any point doing a match review because the match didn't even take place between Australia and England at the MCG. Unfortunately, the rain was causing problems again. So in this episode of the podcast, we're just going to talk about what Australia and England need to do heading into their next game uh, of this T20 World Cup. Obviously, Australia are playing Ireland next. That's at the Gabba. And Australia have an easier path to the semi-finals than England. For England, they've got a bit of a tougher path to the semi-finals. Their next match is against New Zealand, and New Zealand are the informed team of this tournament. So during this episode of today's episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about Australia and England's chances, uh, what they need to do in terms of qualifying for the semi-finals. Because after this game has been washed out, both teams get a point, both teams stay alive in the tournament. Uh, this game, whoever lost this game at the MCG would have been out of the tournament. But with the rain coming and affecting what was going to be a very good game of cricket, probably one of the best games of the tournament that we've seen thus far, um, it has really kept Australia and England in this tournament. So we'll be talking about that much later on. Before we do, let's talk about the rain. Rain strikes again at the MCG, and it's been a common thing throughout this T20 World Cup. The rain, the weather hasn't been the greatest. A lot of people have been complaining on various social media sites that the tournament should not be scheduled or should not be hosted in Australia at this time. Uh, Look, what people need to understand is that Australia is going through a bit of a weather event with La Nina. So it's been a bit of a wet start to spring Uh, we've had a lot of rainfall than we usually get at this time of year due to this weather event. Um, So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter when you organise the tournament or whatever. It rains everywhere around the world. And um, unfortunately, it's just raining at this time of year, which is a bit of a a disappointment because, uh, you know, this is a big tournament, T20 World Cup. Um... Obviously, you don't want games to be affected by rain, but uh, that's just the way it goes. We just have to accept that the rain will come. Let's hope for the rest of the tournament it doesn't affect the games too much as we progress to the business end of this T20 World Cup. Um, You know, we can't really blame the ICC or the organising committee because the tournament was always going to be played at this time of year. Um, The reason for that is that this tournament was never going to be hosted next year in February or March in Australia. Because Australia have a test series in India uh, during that time. So of course that this tournament was not going to be hosted then. Also, you've got the IPL as well, which is in March as well, uh, because that's been expanded, hasn't it? So it was never going to be scheduled at that time of year in Australia next year, in that February-March period, because of Australia's test tour to India, and also the IPL expanding 
from March to April uh, because that's growing and growing uh, next year, isn't it? So um, that's that's why they had to schedule the tournament in October and November. And yes, it has been unfortunate because of the rain. But um, look, the international calendar, the schedule is so compacted. And with domestic T20 leagues growing and pretty much taking up most of the year, basically, or nearly just about the year, um, you know, there's limited room to schedule tournaments and, and free windows and that in the Future Tours program. So that's why this tournament was scheduled at this time. And unfortunately, the rain has played party pooper. And let's hope the rain stays away. But a lot of people have been complaining about that and all that. So, you know, if you understand those factors into why this tournament was scheduled at this time of year in Australia, those are some of the reasons. Number one, because Australia tour in India at that time next year. And also the IPL begins in March, doesn't it? Because it's been expanded. So those are some of the reasons why this tournament was being held at this time of year. Also, Australia going through a weather event with La Nina. I'm not an expert. I'm not a meteorologist. But um, it is bringing down more rain than in previous years in Australia. Which is, um, you know, just what the weather's doing at the moment. So it is unfortunate. A lot of people have said we should have played at uh, Docklands, which does have a roof in Melbourne. Uh, you know, that ground is probably not up to standard to host international games, to be honest. Um, the pitch is probably not going to be international standard either. But it does have a roof, but a lot of people have been talking about that. So the rain strikes again. Unfortunately, it would have been a great game between Australia and England. Unfortunately, the rain ruined everything. Um, it would have been the best game of the tournament thus far. Obviously, both teams needing to win. Unfortunately, they still stay alive in the tournament by sharing one point from this game. So let's hope and cross our fingers that the rain stays away for the rest of the tournament um, as we progress into the semifinals and then eventually the final. Um, it's shaping up to be an exciting finish to this T20 World Cup. Let's just hope the rain stays away. Let's talk about Australia and let's preview their next game against Ireland. Seeing that this game between Australia and England didn't take place, there's no point doing a match review, as I mentioned before. So we can talk about Australia's next game against Ireland, which is at the Gabba on October the 31st. It's going to be a game that you would think Australia would win. And Australia's path to the semi-finals is a lot brighter than England's. And we'll talk about England's uh, next game against New Zealand after we do Australia's. Um, so let's talk about Australia and how they're shaping up for their next game against Ireland. They came off a good win against Sri Lanka by seven wickets at Perth. Uh, needed to win that game to stay alive in the tournament, and they did. They batted and bowled better in that game. And they were starting to improve their batting and bowling. Obviously a few areas to work on with their batting and bowling, obviously. But we saw some improvement of some sort. Uh, Marcus Nornis was outstanding. He batted superbly, 59, not out of 18 balls. Um, Aaron Finch, he was struggling with the bat in that game. It wasn't a complete performance from Australia in that game, but they got the job done, and they got the two points, and that's all that matters. Um, obviously, going into this game against England, they would have been very nervous in terms if we lose this game, we're out of the tournament, and that's not good. But the rain came, brought the game to an end, both Australia and England took a point each. I think really deep down inside, I think Australia would be glad that they didn't have to play England in this game. 
because you'll take a point and then you'll focus on your last two games to try and win those well to make your case for the semi-finals. Now, as I mentioned, Australia's path to the semi-finals is much easier, easier than England's because they've got Ireland at the Gabba and then Afghanistan at the Adelaide Oval to finish up the Super 12. Whereas England, they've got New Zealand and Sri Lanka to finish. So their path is a bit tricky to the semi-finals. Um, it's pretty simple for Australia. Win their last two games, win them well against Ireland and Afghanistan, boost the net run rate in the process, they qualify for the semi-finals. That's if New Zealand beat England. And if New Zealand beat England, then England are out. Australia win their last two games, which you think they will against Ireland and Afghanistan. They'll qualify for the semi-finals with New Zealand. And you would think New Zealand, being the informed team of the tournament thus far in Group 1, you would think they'll qualify for the semi-finals easily. And I think they should. And I think they'll top the group as well. Um, but later on in this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about the potential scenarios in terms of what needs to go right for both teams to qualify for the semis. So we'll mention that a bit later on. But back to Australia and Ireland, talking about that game. Australia will be looking to continue the winning momentum after winning that game against Sri Lanka in Perth a few days ago. Um, Australia will take note of Ireland's win over England, and I think Australia can't be complacent, and I don't think any team can be complacent when you're playing against countries who are smaller in stature, like Ireland or Zimbabwe or the Netherlands, etc. Uh, you have to be really on your game. And we've seen in this T20 World Cup, those smaller nations have done quite well. Um, so Australia will, will take note of what they did against England. And they'll be looking to uh, do their research and their planning and preparation, as all teams do, um, into that into that game um, at the Gabba on Monday. Um, for Australia, in this game against Ireland, it's very important to do the basics well. We've talked about that with Australia they haven't really batted well. They haven't really bowled well in this tournament thus far. They've been a bit off. And in the game against Sri Lanka, they're just starting to get things back on track. The batting was a little bit better. There was no batting collapses than we saw against New Zealand. The bowling was slightly better. The deaf bowling is still a concern, and they need to fix that. But I think for the Australian quicks, coming to the Gabba, where it's good pace, good bounce, Ireland will not be comfortable. And the reason I say that is because Ireland, what I saw in the game against England and Ireland is when Mark Wood bowled to the Ireland batters, he troubled them. And Ireland don't really like facing fast bowling of that quality. Now, Australia have fast bowlers in Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins, obviously. And facing them at the Gabba with the bounce and pace, not going to be an easy task for the Ireland batters. So I think the Australian bowlers will love bowling at the Gabba. Obviously, Australia play well at the Gabba. We know the, the records that they have at the Gabba in Test cricket, of course. But it's a very good good ground for the Australian team. And they'll be looking to um, really uh, get into this tournament proper and put a good performance in against Ireland. I think the Australian bowlers will like bowling at the Gabba. They'll definitely test the Irish batters out because, as I mentioned, with Ireland not used to that pace and bounce, not used to facing bowlers that bowl 140-plus all the time. Uh, seeing that they play against teams that have bowlers that don't bowl 140-plus, they probably bowl 130, maybe 120. There's a big difference in pace there, obviously. 
if you're facing 140, 150 plus like they did with Mark Wood in that game at the MCG, as a batter, you have less time to react. Um, so it's going to be a difficult challenge for Ireland. And you would think Australia, with their bowlers at the Gabba, should really bowl Ireland out for a low score and really boost their net run rate in the process. Um, and obviously the Australian batters would love playing at the Gabba as well. Obviously it's a good even surface. You can trust the bounce, you can trust the pace, and it's definitely a big ground, the Gabba. So you have a lot of opportunities to score boundaries, run a lot of twos and threes square of the wicket. As we know at the Gabba and these Australian grounds like the MCG, etc., in Perth as well, square of the wicket's quite big, and they're quite long boundaries square of the wicket. You can run a lot of twos and threes. Down the ground, it's a lot shorter. And uh, as a batter, you've got to recognize that. And you've got to pick your moments when to really go down the ground and maximize those boundary opportunities. And um, Australia would love batting at the Gabba. As I said, Australia have a very good record at the Gabba. So going into this game against Ireland, Australia will need to continue on the improvements with the bat and with the ball. You would think with the quality, the experience, the class of the Australian team, yes, they haven't been playing well in this tournament. But you would think they will get the job done over Ireland at the Gabba. Given their experience, given Ireland haven't really played on these conditions all that often, um, they're, they're going to be tested, they're going to be unsettled with the bounce and pace, and they're going to be challenged. And I think for Australia, if they take early wickets against Ireland, their batting order does struggle a bit. You know, if you get the key wickets of Sterling by Burney, uh, Tector, Kampfer, as we saw in the game against England, and they were able to get the job done there, but they should have got a lot more runs than they did Ireland in that game. But um, if you get early wickets and get rid of those key batters I mentioned before, they do struggle. So for, for Australia, it's about taking early wickets and putting them under pressure, putting Ireland under pressure. And I think they'll do that here at the Gabba, given with the bounce and pace, and obviously you have Stark, Cummins and Hazelwood, and you also have Adam Sample with quality leg spin. They'll definitely be tested. Now, um, a few questions for Australia to answer going into this game against Ireland, like it was going into the game against England here at the MCG, is about Aaron Finch's form at the moment. He struggled in the game in Perth against Sri Lanka. He didn't time the ball at all, couldn't hit it off the square. He looked ugly. Uh, and he mentioned that as well. Um, after the game, he said, yeah, I looked ugly. My innings wasn't good enough. I was poor. Um, I could have done a lot better. Um, is it a possibility that Aaron Finch could move himself down the order? I think he should in this game against Ireland. You've got Cameron Green in the side. Promote Cameron Green to open, as Australia have done in India, during the West Indies series and during the first game against England. They should promote him to open with David Warner. Number one, he's an aggressive type player. We know that Cameron Green. He can get the team off to a good start and really put the opposition bowlers under pressure. Then you've got the option, like Aaron Finch did in the West Indian T20 series before this tournament started for Australia, bat down the order at number four. So I think Australia should do that. If Cameron Green comes into the side, then who do you leave out? And most people have said we should leave out Pat Cummins, and I think that's probably the sensible way to go. Pat Cummins hasn't really been bowling well, and I think that could be a possible option for Australia to do. Um, in this game against Ireland because, look, you've got to put the team first and you've got to select the best team that's going to win this game. 
and that's probably going to be the best way forward for Australia in this game. Or you have another option, and that's open with Marcus Stornis because he's done that in the big bash for the Melbourne Stars. So let's see what Australia do. But those are some of the options that they could ponder and tinker with going into the game against Ireland. But um, look, if you're an Australian supporter, you'll be very confident that Australia could beat Ireland, and they should, and Afghanistan as well. And they have a good chance of going through to the semifinals. And, um, you know, for Australia, their destiny is in their own hands. But I think the defending champions should win this game against Ireland, and they should win against Afghanistan. Let's see what they can do, and let's hope they can play their best cricket and qualify for the semi-finals. Let's talk about England, and let's talk about how they're going to go about things in their next game against New Zealand, which will be at the Gabba on Tuesday, November the 1st. Um, for England, they'll be happy to take a point from this game against Australia being washed out in Melbourne. That means they're still in the tournament um, and they've still got an opportunity to make their case to qualify for the semi-finals, obviously. Uh, no damage was done. They took a point and they'll be satisfied with that. Um, they were looking to bounce back after the loss against Ireland by five runs on Duckworth Lewis at the MCG um, England. Um, that wasn't a great performance from them. And to be honest, they haven't been convincing in this tournament thus far. They, they, their win against Afghanistan in Perth wasn't really convincing, but they got the job done there. The game against Ireland, they just were off the boil, and they looked poor. Um, you know, England's path now to the semi-finals is tough. They've got New Zealand to come in their next game. That's going to be the important game. They lose that. You know, you can kiss your semi-final hopes goodbye and start booking the plane tickets back to Heathrow. Uh, first flight back to Heathrow from Australia. Uh, because, um, you know, if they lose that game, that's it. They're out. Um, so losing to Ireland for England hasn't helped their cause at all. It's made things a lot difficult for them. And they would be relieved that they didn't have to play Australia in this game at the MCG. And Australia would have felt the same thing as well. Um, the game against Ireland... They didn't bat well. They didn't bowl well. They haven't looked their best in this T20 World Cup. They weren't convincing, as I mentioned before, against Afghanistan. But they managed to win that game. Um, so let's talk about their game against New Zealand. Look, I, I think this is going to be a very difficult game for England. Um, New Zealand are the informed team in this whole tournament. And also in Group 1. Um, because they had a very good win against Sri Lanka. Uh, yesterday, on Saturday at the SCG. They won that game quite convincingly in the end. Sri Lanka, they had that game, you know, very well sewn up, really, in the power play when New Zealand were three down for not many, but obviously dropped catches, poor fielding. Um, they allowed New Zealand to get back into the game. Glenn Phillips scored a, a magnificent century. So New Zealand, despite whatever situation they're presented with, they always come back... And they always manage to get the job done. And they're the informed team of this tournament. It's going to be a hard task for England to win this game. It's not going to be straightforward for England. Uh, New Zealand are a very good side. They will need to bat better, obviously. And they will need to bowl better, obviously. Uh, because if they don't, as we know, the Gabba can be a very high-scoring ground. We've seen that in the Big Bash over the years. 
teams score 180, 190 plus. And uh, if England don't get it right with the bat or, or with the ball, they're going to really struggle. Um, so they'll need to bat better and bowl better like they did against um, Ireland. They would need to improve their performances in this game against New Zealand with both bat and ball. The other question is, you've got Milan and Stokes. They're being questioned and they're being criticised for their positions in the team. Uh, Darwin Milan, people are criticising his strike rate, the way he plays. Obviously, he takes a lot of deliveries to get going. The game against Ireland, he was not timing the ball at all and he was finding it difficult to score. Ben Stokes, people are questioning his place in the side and his form. Obviously, Ben Stokes going into this T20 World Cup hasn't really played much T20 internationals for England. Um, so he's just purely based on his reputation, what what he's done before. And people are questioning uh, their positions, Milan and Stokes in the team. Now, England, if they're thinking about making a change, either taking Milan or Stokes out, um, obviously they have, they have Ben Stokes for his bowling. So despite him not batting well you could really consider taking Darwin Milan out and probably bring it in a Phil Salt or someone like that. Um, because you need to make a change. It's a must-win game for England. You can't just be stubborn. You've got to pick the best 11 to win this game against New Zealand. If you don't, and if you persist with Milan and Stokes, or one of them, and don't bring Salt in or something like that, which people have been calling for, you're probably going to be struggling in this game against New Zealand. So... They have to make that decision. Joss Butler and Matthew Mott, when they select the team, they've got to make that decision heading into this must-win game for England at the Gabba against New Zealand. It's not going to be easy for England. It's not going to be an easy task. And that's why losing to Ireland has put them in this precarious position. So as we talked about with Australia, Australia's chances of qualifying for the semis are good because they've got Ireland, Afghanistan. You would think they'll win those games. With England, they've got New Zealand. They lose against New Zealand, they're out. Doesn't matter what England do in their last game against Sri Lanka, and yes, Sri Lanka have not been playing well. But if they lose against New Zealand, that's it. And you might as well just start packing and catching that flight back to Heathrow um, after that game, if England lose. Which is a possibility, because New Zealand are really playing well and to be honest, I don't see them losing a game in this group stage. I really don't, because they're, they're very good. They're playing really well. And it's going to be tough for England. So let's see what England can do. But they're up against it, against New Zealand. And, you know, their semi-final hopes are hanging by a very thin thread. Let's preview Australia and England's next matches of this ICC T20 World Cup for 2022 and talk about the potential 11s for both teams. We'll start with Australia. Obviously, their next game is against Ireland at the Gabba on October the 31st. And I think for Australia, they should really consider picking the best 11 for this game against Ireland. Obviously, this is the time where you have to really pick players who are going to make a difference, not based on reputation or their name. Pick them based on their cricketing ability and what sort of form they're in at the moment. And I think at the moment, given that Aaron Finch is struggling with the bat, obviously in the game against Sri Lanka, he struggled big time. And as we mentioned earlier in this episode when talking about Australia, 
I think Cameron Green should come into the side, open the batting with David Warner. Therefore, Pat Cummins is the one who gets left out. So that's what Australia should be thinking about with their 11. Having a look at that 11, it looks pretty strong. And Cameron Green's that extra bowling option for Australia. And also he can open the batting and he's got that power and aggression that Australia needs. Whereas Cameron, Cameron Green can provide that. Whereas Pat Cummins, he's struggling with the ball. He's leaking runs. And you can't afford um, to have players who are not firing. And you've got to select the best 11 that's available. And for me, with this squad that Australia have selected, this is the best 11 for them. So their potential 11 for their next match against Ireland at the Gabba is Warner, Green, Mitchell Marsh, Finch, Maxwell Stornis, David, Wade, Stark, Zampa, and Hazelwood. Let's talk about England's potential 11 for their next match against New Zealand at the Gabba on November the 1st. Now, as we mentioned when we were talking about England before in this episode, either Darwin Millard or Ben Stokes could be in doubt for this game based on the criticism, based on their form and how they make a difference in this team. As I mentioned with Australia and as I talked about with Australia before, you've got to pick the best 11 that's going to win you this game against New Zealand for England. Not based on reputation, not based on who they are, You've got to pick them based on their cricketing ability, whether or not they're in form and firing. Whereas with Milan and Stokes, they have not been firing in this T20 World Cup. And, Austra- oh, sorry, England got to make a change. I think for England, they could potentially leave out Darwin Milan. I think you should go in with Phil Salt. We all know he's an aggressive type player. He's a very good scorer. Um, and he provides that bit of oomph in the England batting order. Unlike Darwin Milan, who bats a little bit slow and he's been criticised for that. Um, I'll keep Ben Stokes in the 11 because you need him for that extra bowling option. That's why he's playing. Not so much working as a batter in this T20 World Cup, Stokes, but more working as a bowler. So that's why he keeps his spot in the side. And I think England got to make that change. It's a must-win game against New Zealand. So their potential 11 for their next match against New Zealand at the Gabba could be Butler, Hales, Salt, Stokes, Brook, Ali, Livingston, Sam Curran, Wokes, Wood, and Rashid. Let's talk about Australia and England's um, chances of qualifying for the semi-finals. Now, let's have a look at the Group 1 table of the Super 12 stage of this T20 World Cup. And we're mainly focusing on Group 1 because that's the interesting group. And that's the group that has... A very tight contest for teams qualifying for the semi-finals. Group 2 is shaping up to be an exciting finish as well. But purely based on this episode, and we're talking about Australia and England, we're just focusing on Group 1 uh, at this stage. Now, obviously, this factors in the games that Australia and England played. Ireland Afghanistan, those two games were played at the MCG but were washed out. And obviously, yesterday's game, which was between New Zealand and Sri Lanka at the SCG. Now, New Zealand are on top. They've got two wins from three games. One game was washed out. They're on five points. You've got England, Ireland, and Australia all on three points. And they're all on one win and one loss. But um, England are in second place at the moment based on their net run rate, whereas Ireland and Australia are on negative one. And then you've got Sri Lanka, who are on two points. Afghanistan yet to win a game. They've lost one and no result uh, for them two times 
Obviously, those two games washed out for them, and they're on the bottom of the table. Now, the, the possible scenarios here. Now, as we mentioned, Australia's chances of qualifying for the semis are good because they've got Ireland and Afghanistan. England, their chances are not so good to qualify. They've got New Zealand. That's the big game. And they've got Sri Lanka. Now, if New Zealand beat England and Australia win their last two games, which you think they will, and even if England win against Sri Lanka in their last game, England are out because it doesn't really matter with net run rate or how many points you have. Australia will have enough points and depending how much they beat Ireland or Afghanistan by with the net run rate, they'll go through anyway. England will only have uh, two wins and two losses and one no result. So if England lose, they're out against New Zealand and if Australia win their last two games, they're through. That's the main scenario that could play out. The other one is if New Zealand lose to England and Australia win their last two games and New Zealand win against Ireland for their last game, then we'll have a three-way tie. New Zealand, Australia, England will all be on seven points. And then it will come down to net run rate. So that's the second scenario. So there's two scenarios there that could happen. But if you're an Australian supporter... You would like scenario number one, that New Zealand beat England, therefore England are knocked out, Australia win against Ireland, Afghanistan, they're through to the semi-finals along with New Zealand. Or if you're an England supporter, you would like option number two, and that's New Zealand losing to England, Australia win their two games, and then New Zealand win against Ireland, everyone's on same points, seven points each, then it will come down to net run rate. So there's two different scenarios there. So that's all to play for in, in Group 1 of this Super 12 stage. Um, so very important game with England and New Zealand. That's probably the important game of this whole uh, group uh, to decide who goes through to the semis or not. Whereas Australia versus Ireland and Afghanistan, you would think based on the quality of Australia, they should get the job done there and should win those last two games. But... Group 1 is very exciting, and let's see what happens for the remainder of this tournament and who qualifies to the semi-finals from Group 1. What can we expect from both teams heading into their next matches of this ICC T20 World Cup for 2022? Australia will be fully focused on what they need to do for their next game against Ireland at the Gabba on October the 31st. They will be looking to do the basics well with both bat and ball and will be looking to get the two points. England will need to play their best game of the tournament so far, heading into their next game against New Zealand at the Gabba on November the 1st. They will know that beating New Zealand won't be an easy task. In a must-win game for both Australia and England to stay in this T20 World Cup, both teams will be glad to share the points. Unfortunately, the rain played party pooper and ruined what was going to be an exciting game of cricket between Australia and England at the MCG. Let's hope the rain stays away for the rest of the tournament. Both teams are still in contention for the semi-finals and will need to win both of their games. But both teams will be happy to take one point each from this game and their destiny is in their own hands as to whether or not they qualify for the semi-finals or not. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get the latest episodes of the podcast and like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. 
Until next time, keep safe and bye for now.